Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everyone out there, thanks for joining us to Get Around. Episode 146, Jake is off this week, so uh, unfortunately you have to deal with me, James Cook. I will apologize in advance. Fortunately, your ears have to deal with you. Yeah. Bro. There is that. Bro. There is that. It's not going to be as loud. I'm sorry. 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 We're Canadian. Uh, joining me in the Get Around Studios is TV 7 and 4's Harrison BB and our very own Andrew Rosenthal. Thought about opening up with ladies and germs, but I'm sure in uh, these times of COVID, that's probably not that PC. Yeah, no, that's not appropriate. Yeah? Whatever. Yeah. It's not golf season anymore, so we don't have the time to banter it's about always golf how bad we are. The resort's knocking down their prices now. You can golf the bear for 60 bucks. Which is still super expensive. It is, but the bear's a pretty nice. Course. I almost did that on Sunday, and it's then we decided not freezing. to. Yeah, it was just like, we were like, eh, not, no, yeah. let's go to the sports book. You get to the low forties, <laughs> golf just isn't. You can do it in the high forties if there's no wind. But you get in the low forties, it's just it's just not fun. You don't want to leave your cart. You don't want to take your coat off. What's a better uh, money waster, golf or a sports book? Like golf. I'm talking golf, like an expensive course. I mean, at least playing golf, I get some like exercise, fresh air. <laughs> Yes, I mean, the casino, you're getting all that secondhand smoke that's supposedly drifting up to the roof. I didn't really get that yesterday, though. No. They do, their ventilation system now is pretty good. But, I mean, and there's no indoors. smoking because of COVID. We just talked about a pandemic. I'm going to vote golf yeah. just because gambling is not the best way to spend your routine time. But far be it for me to tell you boys how to spend your Sundays. That's true. But I'm not a degenerate gambler. Like me, who is. Like Andrew is headed towards. One half point, James, and I would not have been talking about it being a degenerate. Spreads are just brutal, man. I I know these people in Vegas get paid a ton of money to know what these games, you know, how close they're going to be. Like, these are smart people and smart computer programs that are devising these spreads. So there's a reason the house usually wins is because they know what they're doing, and you're confident that you know it. What was the Lions spread? It was like three. Minus three. They Yeah, uh, I I didn't take the Lions spread. I took the Lions over. I went over. Yeah, so they'd score more than three. And uh, no, I mean uh, the the total oh, points the total, in the total points in the game. Total points in the game was like fifty four or something. And fifty five. If those kickers had made those two field goals that they missed, it would have gone over, and I would have hit on that. But eh, whatever. Guardian if West Virginia would have actually showed up in the fourth quarter and not and actually and held Puka Williams. Andrew, you're referencing away a game from... no one watched. Yeah, I know. What do we got on the pod today, James? We're gonna talk about all kinds of stuff. Talk about the golf and tennis state finals, soccer districts. An interesting uh, media figure showing up at a local high school football game. Preview some games that coming up this week. Uh, St. Francis, Lumen Christie, Glen Lake Charlevoix, TC Central, Macomb, Dakota. We got a great interview with Charlevoix senior running back and middle linebacker Luke Snyder coming up. Uh, we're going to get somebody fed. And then we'll talk about the chatter that matters, the football playoff format. And we'll hit you up with the Hall of Fame. And finally, we'll hit the trifecta, which is... What is your plan B NFL team and why? What's your escape plan for this season? So your 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 team that you root for when you're not rooting Although for your main team. I saw some article in the Free Press now. The schedule shapes up for the Lions to have a run because they have like Atlanta. It is uh, fairly favorable, and especially in consideration or in, in right. Imagine if they have a coach to their first like Jim Caldwell. Then it probably would be pretty sweet. Yeah, they may be on the verge of playoffs or something, yeah. but they don't. Well, we don't want. To be on the verge of playoffs. We would rather be a five-win team than to be on the verge yeah, of playoffs. Yeah, nine and seven is not good enough, but two and three is. See, if they're in the NBA, they're smart because they're right. Being middle of the road 500, that's not good enough. That's actually the worst spot to be in the NBA. Yeah. But in the that's, NFL, that's purgatory. It's awesome. Send Matt Patricia to the Pistons. Get it. Let's do it. He, can, uh, he looks like he, Stan Van Gundy. Said Harrier. He can call that defense all he wants. Yeah. Anyways, we were at two state finals this weekend. Yeah. You were, you were at the, uh, you were at the golf. 
Yeah, it's yeah like, Friday counts as a weekend, right? So, guys, what was it like? I mean, they made a big deal about all these changes that were going to be happening for the state finals to limit the kids, to limit the, the potential for exposure. So tell me what your respective finals were like. What, what was different compared to maybe your – I know, Andrew, you didn't cover golf finals in years past, but what seemed different than uh, how sporting events like that would normally take place? First and foremost, single round, not mm-hmm. a two-day. Which is kind of – yeah, you know, you, you see all these, like – Auntie Diesel, there's just Veronica wins the state championship over two days, and she only gets the one day to compete. Like, I yeah. can see how that, mm-hmm. those comparisons can be like, oh, that's not fun. They limited the carts. Everyone had to walk the course, even the, the, the girls competing. Yeah, there was a whole five golf carts for the entire state championship. Every parent was walking the course, even the handicapped parents. Did they limit the amount of people that could enter per kid, or could anybody go? I think on paper, yes, but... It sure didn't seem like it. I mean, it so was, there were there were spectators there. There were plenty of okay. spectators there. Each golfer had at least their family there following them around. How did the mask situation look? It looked like parents were wearing masks. Okay. Tennis was finals was a little different. I mean, yeah, the format was completely different in that it was completely team based. Like four teams, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you started off with sixteen, I think it was. So it was four rounds. Uh, St. Francis breezed through the first two rounds, eight nothing, eight nothing in both of them. You know, so it was just team based. You would just play eight matches. Your your four singles, your four doubles, flights against the other teams. You know, whereas before it was always like a tournament based thing where your four singles would just play a tournament in four singles, mm-hmm. and you got points based on how high yeah. you finished. I mean, it was pretty interesting format. I I kind of liked it. The finish was about the same. I mean, because they made it to the semifinals, so but they're like third said, or fourth. They're playing a duel and then, with a team, and then yeah. when they're competing for state championships, they're not used to playing duels with one team. I mean, just for mm-hmm. rallying and cheering each other on, that makes that completely different than if you're just in a bracket. Right, because they're all playing at the same time, essentially. Yeah. All the doubles flights play at the same time, and then once those start matches start finishing, then they sprinkle in the, the singles flights in those empty courts. Yeah, you kind of don't really get to cheer for each other as much, whereas they would be spread out through but the day more. But it's easier to know kind of what's happening and where yeah, you and how it, and how how it's going yeah yeah because uh, st francis lost three of the four doubles flights in the morning so they were in trouble so they had a terrible right away lunch. you know they were behind the eight ball it's tennis so it's kind of social distance there was a decent number of fans there and they didn't really have anybody at the door checking anything a couple hundred yeah. people from i think the, tennis and the golf team are stuff. the two sports they probably worried about the least as far as massive crowds for their state finals oh, yeah. yeah and there was you know there was groups and there was pockets of fans and they kind of tried to stay away from each other so the fans kind of did a decent job of you know staying within their own group so guys do you think formats being a little different this year are we thinking for sure that's how the boys golf finals and girls tennis finals are going to look pretty much guaranteed in the spring just to be safe and then possibly next fall those same finals that we just talked about are going to look the same i don't want to guarantee anything at this point harrison There's no guarantees in 2020, and I think, that's gonna, that the sp- I think it's going to carry over into 2021. I was going to say, the fact that the spring season is connected with this same school year, I feel like they're going to go by very similar rules, barring any miraculous number drops. I think I think for one, they realize that it can, they can have a state championship. I think both of us mm-hmm. looked at state finals through every player in the state were like, oh, cool, if we play a state championship, that's fine. I just want to play another game. That's what we've gotten all along in this, is that the athletes will do whatever they have to do to be able to keep playing they'll they'll do whatever isn't needed out of them and the, the adults will be the one who do the complaining the cross-country finals are going to be coming up and harrison you ran cross-country in, in high school so how, what do you think about just from a runner's perspective that the finals format change that they have where you're going to have 
more than one race in the same division. Yeah, it's going to be a little weird. What they're going to do, if anybody doesn't know, is they're, it sounds like they're going to take, besides doing a, a now a district before a regional, usually it would just be a regional mm-hmm. and then a state finals. They're going to do a, a district or a pre-regional. I can't remember what they're doing. Pre-regional. Reading. I think that's, that's what they're calling week, it, yeah. This week for the regional next week. And then the same, I don't know how they're knocking it down from the, the pre-regional to the regional, but then the regional will stay to, uh, as far as the three teams advancing and then all the individuals, which when I ran was top 15, I'm assuming it's the same. If you finish in the top 15 at your regional as an individual, you, you qualify. So what they're going to do is they're going to do two races per division per gender, and the first race will have the first and second place finishing teams from each regional, and then the other race will have the third place finishing teams and all the individuals. So you'll have talented runners in both races, but as far as the team competition goes, you're, you're more looking at those those championship caliber teams in the one in the higher seed race, however you want to describe it. So it's going to be a little different, a little smaller, but I think in the sense where, as far as the team game goes, the team race, you're going to know what teams to look out for. It's actually going to make them easier to look out for because there's less people in the race. You'll be able to spot those jerseys a little better. Um, it might hurt the individual's chances who don't have their team with them. They have to race in the separate tier race to avoid competing with some of the fast kids from the really strong programs. But, you know, I, I look at a guy like Hunter Jones and Benzie. Benzie's going to make it as a team, but if Hunter Jones had to race individually, I'm not too worried about him having the motivation to run a really good time, whether he's got somebody in front of him or not. So I think mm-hmm. if any of those individuals are good enough, they're going to run the time in that other race that they most likely would have run in, in the top-tier race either. So it's going to be different, but like you guys just said with the other sports, I think it's, it's something they're willing to do if it means they get to do those races. And in my opinion, like I said, as fun as it is to have a whole clump of people in there and to see who's the fastest, it kind of strategically it makes it a little easier to kind of look out and point out who you're really gunning for as far as certain teams or individuals in that top tier race that, that you might want to contend with to win it all. And then we've got, coming up this week, we've got uh, last week of the regular season of high school football. Man, it just flew by. Flew by. It was almost like it was like way shorter than normal. It was like preseason. When do we play the real uh, The real season is the playoffs, right? That's what yeah. I always say. The first week of the playoffs is going to feel like a regular season week to me because we know half those teams wouldn't normally be in it. It's it's going to feel like a regular season week from this year in that uh, there's going to be a lot of blowouts. Yep. It's <laughs> Probably gonna be, the first two gonna, weeks. The first, the first, first yeah, two first weeks, two weeks of the playoffs are going to be pretty much exclusively blowouts. It'll be interesting to see what percentage of games in the state are even decided by less than three touchdowns. Yeah. We were kind of talking amongst ourselves. You know, We don't want to put a classification on all of – northern michigan high school football but it seems like we've got some top tier teams that are really good state finals contending teams it seems like we got some second tier teams that are good but when they face one of the big boys it it doesn't really match up and then we've got a whole bunch of other teams that are either trying to figure out where they are or those poor teams are not even close to figuring out what they are yeah the breaking points have been kind of pretty obvious this Mm -hmm. season there's no more than strong middle ground yeah there really isn't yeah there's no 500 team that you feel could make us st- I'll be happy to see I'm sure you know statistically we'll probably see somebody make some a few upsets in the playoffs but I'm having trouble finding out who that team is right now well it's just tough because we haven't seen enough games for to know if they're a 500 team or not there's only been what five That's so true. far and the teams that have probably played a, a bunch of weak teams yeah we don't know their potential so yeah if anybody hasn't played anybody of, of top snuff we don't know if they can really just bring it or if they're just a Four and five and team in a weaker league or an independent that's played weaker opponents, and that's what we'll find out in those first few weeks of the playoffs for sure. Mm-hmm. A couple of those games, uh, you've got TC St. Francis playing, hosting Jackson Lumen Christie this Saturday, maybe 
which was uh, I think that was a quarterfinal a couple of years ago. Yeah, I mean Lumen Christie's always a state powerhouse. Mm-hmm. St. Francis is a you know as we know a regular in the deep into the playoffs. But Lumen Christie forfeited their game last week because of COVID. Uh, because of a combination of player suspensions from unnamed violations, a whole bunch of injuries all at the same time, they just decided not to play their game last week. What was their? Are they were they four and zero before that? Uh, no, they are two and three now. Yes, I believe. Bad. Oh man, easy yeah. dub for St. Francis. It is, it is, go to the sports the, book and put it in. The oh. record is not as good as normal, but but it's still a game that where they'll get a lot of playoff points for that if St. Francis wins. But I, just, I don't think it's going to be an easy win either. I think it, it's it's Jackson Lumen Christie, so I don't think it's Friday or Saturday. It's a Saturday afternoon yeah. game. Okay. You know, in St. Francis, they think they still have a chance to catch Charlevoix for playoff points for that district to be able to get three rounds of home games if they get well, help from Glen Lake. Well, if beats Glen Lake, yeah, I think Charlevoix wraps that up probably. Yes, right? I think they wrap that up if they so, beat Glen Lake. St. Francis, so St. Francis cheering for the Lakers. They're cheering for Glen Lake. And then, uh, yeah, St. Francis has been an interesting case study this year. Um, they look like they belong on the field with a lot of teams. And then, you know, I saw Sioux St. Marie Friday, and I'm just kind of wondering to myself, how did the Sioux beat St. Francis? St. Francis had some injuries that game. I understand. They're big. I heard they're big guys, but it's not like Kingsley's got this impressive line. That's and true. It just dictates everything. I was just kind of sitting there watching, and I didn't see anything from Sue. I, I that was my game of the week was Sue St. Marie Kingsley, and the Sue had a couple nice flashy plays. One of the receivers made a great catch. That's in my top plays that are going to run later here on Monday. But outside of that, I just was like, how did St. Francis lose to these guys? Well, they also lost to Kingsley too. It was kind of unlike yeah, a yeah, but we knew that could happen. I'm watching Sault Ste. Marie wondering how that team beat Traverse City St. Francis. Kings, they yeah. understand. I knew Kings would be good, and they yeah. were impressive. St. Francis had a lot of things go wrong in that game. Besides the, in- the injuries to their two biggest offensive linemen, they had some interceptions, well, some fumbles. Well, in St. Francis game I went know. to, they struggled in the first half against Grayling. So, mm-hmm. you know. They've been slow I, starting been most Jekyll of the season. They've been a high team, yeah. They're, they're capable of beating anybody, but yet they're also letting teams kind of hang in there. So I'm kind of curious to see maybe St. Francis is the team I'm talking about in the playoffs that shocks everyone and makes a run to the semifinals again and knocks on the door of a of a state finals appearance. And then again, at this point, it wouldn't shock me if they, they meet some team in the second round and have a late start and can't answer the bell in time. I guess yeah, we'll have to see. It'd be interesting to see if they, you know if they meet Charlevoix in what would be, I guess, round three. If they beat Lumen Christie, it's looking like Charlevoix would be the one seed in St. Francis. Well, James, you and I were just talking about the Charlevoix Glen Lake game, uh, which I presume is going to be your guys' game of the week. It is definitely one of our games of the week. It's the NFL leaders' division title. I always have to remind myself which L it is. Which (laughs) L are they going to take? The leader. I can never remember those divisions. I know. They just had to take the Big Ten failed names. Anyways. Which they changed. Yeah, yeah. It took the Big Ten what one year to, to get rid of those. We need to talk to Dave Jackson about just call just call my colors. That's what the OK conference does in yeah. Grand Rapids. Just yeah, call them colors. Yeah, red, white, blue. Right. Yeah. Perfect. Got it all figured out. Um, so yeah, they're playing for the leaders' division title, and I think we're all in agreement. Glen Lake is even with Coach Sneed taking over the reins. You know, there are very very few transition kinks in there. It seems to be still motoring pretty good. You know, I don't think they're I mean, still going like football. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't think we're expecting them to be a guaranteed state finalist. But if they made another playoff run, I don't think it would shock anyone either. What is this Charlevoix gonna, team going to bring to the table? We're really kind of curious to see. They had a great year last year, won their first playoff game, building with momentum. Mm-hmm. You, you talked to Luke here on the pod today. Well, I think that's the biggest question going this week. Which Charlevoix team is going to show up on Friday night? Are the Raiders really a force to be reckoned with for Northern Michigan football? 
or is it a case where they're good, but they're that second-tier team that I was talking about earlier that Glen Lake just might be a little better? Those are the type of storylines we, we like to see. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, and I think a, a big key for uh, Charlevoix is that they're going to have to try to contend with Finn Hogan, and, and if they can minimize his impact on the game and the, the big plays that he makes there at wide receiver, then they can keep themselves in it. They've got a good run game. So I, I think they can move the, gro- move the ball on the ground. You know, they've got Luke Snyder, who was our guest this week, one of the dominating middle linebackers in the area. I think containing Finn Hogan is, like, a big thing for them. If, yeah. they, if they can't do it's that, then – you don't see every week. And yeah. when you're playing Mancelona and Kalkaska, <laughs> yeah. unfortunately you, you don't, don't see athletes like that, college recruit athletes. Yeah, you don't run into six-foot-four wide receivers who can – jump and run and, and probably catch you, you can and have any, you probably they probably don't have anybody on their team that can be a practice of, of him either you, you can't simulate that whereas nfl teams are, can usually do a pretty good job of practice planning for certain guys yeah it's, it's tough mm-hmm. for high school teams to do it. so that's i mean that's the intrigue to me we we know glenn lake's pretty good but what kind of punch to the mouth is Charlevoix going to give i can't wait to see what happens and obviously the central macomb dakota match that everyone in the region has had circled on their calendars for months yeah i wish this game was at home uh, they're four and one. Their only loss is Livonia Stevenson, who's also four and one. It'll just be interesting to see how Central reacts to this game. I mean, they haven't had a whole lot of close games. They haven't. I don't know if they've had a game that's been close in the second half. No, nope, they season. haven't. So I don't even know if it's it, really it, been it, close in much of the first halves. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what they what happens when they go play a team who's four and one, who's played a lot of other big schools, competitive games on the road against the biggest school in the yeah, state of it Michigan. It sounds like that's going to be their best test before mm-hmm. the playoffs because it, right now it's looking like West, record-wise, would have been their best test, and that was a quite an easy game for them. Yeah, not the <laughs> close game that we expected. But is this the first time we've had a Northern Michigan team go out of the region for a game other than the St. francis Lum Christie game? We haven't had yeah. those like big-ticket matchups just yet. Yeah, well, most everybody's just been playing in conference. So, I mean, that's usually it's, the, it's been just local games. games usually on. in the front, so when those were washed yeah. out. Yeah, there would have been a lot of those. but So, like, this feels like one of those, out. like, early matchups that should have been first couple weeks or, like, you would have seen yeah. the first couple weeks. Yeah, well, like, Central would have been playing DeWitt but at we the beginning have, of the season. We they would have known nearly as much about Central as we do now if it was week one or two. You would have thought, oh, Central won 30 to nothing. Well, they got, a, they got a good shot this year. Now it's like we know they have a good shot. Mm-hmm. What kind of shot is that going to be is going to be dictated in, in a small part because of this game this week. Yeah, so what would you rather prefer like, then? Would you rather have these games in first couple weeks or well, right before game, the playoffs? This game is always going to be week nine, so there was no yeah. changing that. Um, I prefer to play the tough team right before. So they, in, in Central's mind, they're starting playoffs right now probably. That's what Sugars is probably telling his guys. Treat this game like a playoff game. Give it your all. Mm-hmm. The good news is if we lose, we can learn from it and use that to our advantage for next week. Yeah. <laughs> not trying to not trying to hype Central out, but I think we all agree they're going to have at least a week, maybe two weeks of, of feeling out process in the playoffs. So. Yeah, because even if they lose this game, I think they quite potentially get the number one. Couple. They're going to yeah. host a couple. Um, they're, they're the number one seed in their district right now, which would mean that they would play the eight seed, which is Alpina, who they just beat 57 to nothing two weeks ago. So, so that's almost they way, almost have I a bye in the first like, round. This is the real start to the playoffs with the, the safety net of not being eliminated if they lose. Which is a nice safety net to have. You want to learn a little bit about your team and kind of tinker with some stuff that you might want to try come playoffs. 
Well, I think this is a weird year where we know exactly one through six where the Big North pecking order is. One through six. Mm-hmm. Central, West, Cadillac, Petoskey, Gaylord, Alpena. And give me an argument that says that's out of order. No, you, you I know that's, that's right on. You can't based on them playing each other and the scores. That's basically the order of the conference. And I, I'm sure it's happened a few other times. It's just really weird that it's like easily distinguished where everybody falls in the Big North Conference. Yeah, because you haven't had those things where somebody like those kind of Alpena upset triangular Central. things where yeah, <laughs> yeah, where one team has beat somebody and they beat them. Or there's and they been beat close them scores. And, and all I that. can't remember the Petoskey Gaylord score in Week One, but and there haven't been non-conference games against twenty-two opponents to compare yeah. things. Right? That's all you know. To mutually compare either. So, are we guaranteed another eight-man team in the finals? I mean, I know I am being of an expanded viewing area with Pelston and Pickford and all that, but I mean Sutton's Bay. Nobody looks like they're beating them again. Which was it Pickford who? They had that forfeit. Forfeit? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, got, they had COVID in their school. Sutton's Bay and Gaylord St. Mary are both teams who can make a lot of noise in the playoffs, especially Sutton's Bay. Uh, I think again, I think Gaylord St. Mary, too. I mean, that that Pelston game didn't go their way, but it easily could have. We just, yeah, they're just probably, one or I mean, two plays here there. They'll probably play again. They'll probably be in the same bracket and meet yeah. up again, kind of like Sutton's Bay and St. Mary last year. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I think St. Mary can maybe come in with a little bit different game plan in that one, and it, and it could easily be a, a different thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, St. Mary had George Blaha call their game George on Blaha Friday. George Blaha from Michigan State and the Detroit Pistons. Yeah. 2-22 and 22 on the clock. The hanging gun, George Blaha. He's a couple of the good catchphrases, doesn't he? Welcome to another exciting night of NBA basketball. Yeah, he was he was one of the early announcers who started calling out the distance on jumpers. You know, be like, you know, Grant Hill from quarter. from sixteen. Yeah, I just know he's notorious for like two and twenty two remaining. You know, he always says it like that. Yeah. Clock and yeah, very distinctive. Good evening, uh, Way of calling stuff. So we'll keep going with the football theme and talk to Luke Snyder from Charlevoix. This interview brought to you by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City: Freaky Fresh, Freaky Fast, Jimmy John's, Freak Yeah. Get around is happy to welcome Charlevoix senior running back and linebacker Luke Snyder into the podcast. Glad to have you on this week, Luke. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem at all. You guys have been rolling this season, five and zero. But before we get to the five and zero record, you guys have put up. We will have the Freaky Fast Five, a nod to our sponsor at Jimmy John's. What is your favorite restaurant in Charlevoix? Villager for sure. Give me some chicken strips. Okay. I was I, I was gonna follow up that with with what in particular there if I went there what what I need to get? Uh, well, either the whitefish or the chicken strips. They've got some decent burgers too. Okay. Like all sorts of stuff. I'm definitely gonna have to go there then. Yeah. It's been it's been years since I've been there. Now it looks pretty much the same, but it's still good food. What is your favorite cartoon and why? Cartoon, I'd probably have to say Looney Tunes, because it's Looney Tunes. It's a classic. I mean. Do you sympathize with Roadrunner, then? No. Or the, no. Or the Coyote. Yeah, I was going to say, which side are you on, Roadrunner? Are you a Roadrunner or a Coyote? I mean, I, I feel bad for Coyote, but I'm probably more Roadrunner side. That dude's a speed demon. Mm-hmm. What unusual food would I find in your refrigerator? Uh, I'm not really sure. We've just got a lot of fruit and meat. 
I guess. Nothing out so. of the ordinary, though? No, not really. Okay. How many uh, friendships has been ruined because someone that you knew couldn't play Monopoly with any mercy? Oh, I mean, permanently or temporarily? It's just temporarily, at least, maybe. Temporarily, probably five or six. If you play that a lot? On snow days, we usually, I usually have a couple friends over and we'll play ping pong or play Monopoly or something. Okay. What's your Monopoly strategy? Usually it's to buy certain sections because if you get one section like if you were to get a quarter of the board to yourself then the chances of someone landing on that section are higher than if you just had sporadic locations or places you bought god that's i can't i can't even remember the last time i played monopoly outside of like an actual video game setting so you monopolize one like quarter of the one side of the board so that yeah pretty much guaranteed everyone is going to land on that yeah. once on their way around all right That's so i guess build on building off of that question does the game of life like the board game of life actually sympathize or like is it actually similar to the game of life no because you're not spinning a wheel <laughs> <laughs> I, I do sometimes guess there's components to it i guess like you're picking your career but I don't think it does that much. All right. Well, well. speaking of life, life has been pretty good for the uh, Charlevoix Raiders recently. I mean, you guys are 5-0 and heading into that big game at Glen Lake this week against uh, two of the better teams in the Northern Michigan Football League Conference. And uh, how are you guys approaching that game? Uh, well, we're approaching it like any other game. You have to treat every team like they're the best team you've ever played. You have to give them respect. So we always practice hard. We always make our practices harder so the games are easier. And we're just preparing like any other week. Mm-hmm. And what is it you have to prepare for specifically for Glen Lake? Or what is it that they do they do well that you guys have to really contend with? Well, they give them credit. Their offensive line fires out pretty low. And they've got some some speed on the edge. And they like to spread. It looks like on film they like to spread you out. So we'll be ready for that. On defense, they bring kind of multiple looks and are very, very aggressive. How do you how do you contend with that? We'll have some stuff in store for them, but mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not, I'm not gonna I'm give not away gonna, any game plans. Yeah, I'm not gonna give away any game plans or anything, but we'll have stuff ready for the different looks that they send at us. El Crapas was giving us some different stunts and some different looks. They were throwing in some three, four, four, three, five, two. They were throwing in some. I think they're throwing maybe a 5-3, one, one play or two, but we're adjusting to those, so we'll be ready. Yeah, you guys are off to an undefeated start this year. How do you approach a new week? Well, the way we think about it is the last week doesn't matter, the week before doesn't matter, because if you go undefeated in the regular season and then lose in the playoffs, it means the regular season means nothing, because... Maybe you did prove something in the regular season, but then you lost in the first round. So the mm. way we look at it is every week you're either 1-0 and or 0-1 for the season, and that seems to have helped us. And, and this week's a big one for you. I mean, in the, obviously Glenn's a very quality opponent. It's on the road and a lot of playoff points at stake for you guys to try to get that top seed in the district that you're in. And then Traverse City St. Francis, who's kind of the team I think that's chasing you in that district, has Jackson Lumen Christie. So obviously they could get a boatload of 
playoff points too. I guess there's a, I'm not sure on the exact math, but uh, there's a chance that if Glen Lake were to get you guys and they were to beat Jackson Lumen Christie, that they could maybe catch you guys. So this is a, a big game for both of you teams this week. Yeah, we try. We don't really think about the playoff picture. We're just right now. We're just focused on taking care of Glen Lake, and we try to steer away from looking at the playoffs right now. Just one game at a time. Last year, Glen Lake they got you guys forty-two to eighteen. What do you have to do, kind of different or better than in that game, to have a, a better outcome for you? Well, they they beat us on a couple deep balls on some one-on-ones, so we'll be adjusting for that this year and they did run some outside action stuff like some jet sweeps and some pitches that got some decent yardage which we could we could have controlled but they obviously got the advantage over us so so who gets the unenviable task of having to try to uh, cover finn hogan uh that'll probably be ethan putman okay yeah i mean he's got to be one of the harder guys around here to cover i mean just because he's so big and fast what is it you can try to do to kind of contain a guy like that? Well, I guess we can press him and play man on him, actually. I mean, he mm-hmm. watching film, though, he is he makes really good cuts and is quick off the ball. So he is a threat, but I think we can contain him. What, how has just the shortened football season affected you guys? Well, it hasn't really affected us that much because it, it, it feels like just any other season. It's just obviously we have didn't have the first three weeks. It was weird at the beginning because our season was canceled, then it was back on. So at that point, we were, we were disappointed when we found out the season was canceled, but as soon as it got back on, we were right back to work, and it was business as usual. Yeah, and after this coming Friday, we're going to be coming up on the playoffs. Is it Normally, we'd say you're in midseason form, but do you, do you feel like it's playoff season yet? By looking at the weather and stuff, it feels like playoffs, but... Speaking of weather, yeah. last year you had that game against Frankfurt that was played in the torrential rain and lightning delays and everything, and then you had the whole incident with Seth Migda, who was you know, on the, the sidelines for you guys filming, and he helped the girl who was having seizures, potentially saved her life. How much was the team aware of what was going on during that? Well, at the time, I think there was only a couple kids on the sideline who were aware of it. But I think everyone on the field wasn't aware of the situation. I know I wasn't. Um, but when we got back in the locker room after the game, someone had said that uh, Seth had saved the kids, a, girl, a young girl's life. So we all gave him props for that, and we're really proud of him because he's a good kid. And saving someone's life is huge. Yeah, I mean that was that was definitely an interesting, yeah, uh, yeah. interesting extra thing at the game. Talk a little bit about the culture there at. Charlevoix with the football program with with Don Jess coming back he's in his second year back in his second stint now and has kind of the program itself is kind of revitalized is there a, is that probably, is that not a coincidence well I mean we've had success in the past if you look back to the current classes who are seniors and juniors and sophomores we've had success in the past if you look back to 2018 and 2016 JV and middle school granted that it's not as competitive as varsity but mm-hmm our classes together have been working well together and he's done a bringing him in has been positive for the program and was definitely an upgrade from our last head coach so it's been good what's the difference for you guys playing on artificial turf this week at Glen Lake will be the first time this season you guys have played on turf how how different is it as a football player to to play on that surface 
not that different, but you know, you know that turf is a little bit more slippery if it gets wet. So you got to be conscious of that. And the grip is different because you have a little bit less control because it's not as thick as, and it doesn't absorb your cleat as much as normal grass, but you are faster. So do you, do you wear different cleats for when you play on turf? No, I wear the same cleats. I didn't realize how many schools up here didn't have turf fields after coming from the Chicago area where we just became accustomed to just turf every game. I guess depending on where you are in the state or where you are in the Midwest or the country, it'll like grass games would be something out of the ordinary for inner city schools, I guess, because they're, they're used to turf and we're used to grass here. It just made me remember or remind me of those games that we had. We played this place called the swamp because their met the school's mascot was the Gators and whenever we wore the white jerseys, we just come away with just completely brown. Do you have any stories like that? Well, I've got a story for practice. I was back in Pop Warner, I think. I think I was in like fifth grade, and we were practicing over by the game, our game field. It was downpouring. It had downpoured rain the entire day, and then we showed up to practice, started practicing, still downpouring. And then we started doing tackling drills with uh, dummies. And after you tackle them, there was a giant mud pit. And you'd, we went and just slid in the mud and went like 20 feet sliding in the mud <laughs> each time, which was really fun. Do you have a preference between grass and turf? Well, I, I honestly don't really care. I'm, I'm fine with what, playing on whatever. But gra- grass is nice because you have a little more grip, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I'm fine with turf. Yeah, it's, yeah, especially being a running back and a, and a linebacker. I mean, uh, change of direction has got to be uh, pretty big, big for you. Is it better on one than the other? For me, no. Yeah, some li- some linemen would wear like two inch cleats when they play on yeah. grass. They would make it a point too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was nuts. I guess talk a little bit about some of the things that you do outside of outside of football because you're you're pretty involved in the school and, and quite a few extracurricular things other than football. Yeah, so I on occasion I'll go skiing in the winter. I did ski team for my freshman and sophomore year, and I didn't do it last year. I was I trained for the baseball season then football season, so I also play baseball. Then I also like to fish and skeet shoot with my dad, which is pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Best place in the area to fish? Uh, I'd probably say, oh, it's a secret spot. I can't tell you. Alrighty, and you have it, boys. How cool would it be if uh, if Charlotte Boy had a uh, skeet shooting team? Well, actually, our our rod and gun club does have an unofficial team. They try they tried doing it or getting it going a year or two ago, and it just didn't really take off. One of my classmates is on it, and he's pretty dang good. Mm-hmm. One of the things I've always advocated for was a fishing team for high schools, like an, a legitimate. I know some states have it. Yeah, some states. Yeah, do. some states do, and like some schools have tried to start it up. But I wanted it to become like huge in the north, where it's like like bass fishing, where the school takes you out in a boat, and that's what you do after school. And, well, in Charlevoix, I think it take off honestly because there's a lot of kids who love to fish from Charlevoix. Kids love to go to the channel and go to the pier and try to catch all sorts of stuff and then kids also like to go out into lake michigan i think it would be a huge hit yeah how often do you guys even fish do you guys fish after school uh when it's not football season like in the spring 
for me, no, it's usually more in the summer because I've got baseball in the spring. And Glen Lake actually has a, a, a trap shooting team, and it's actually a varsity team. Excluding that and fishing, what would be a, a cool sport that you would like to see Charlevoix add? My friends and I were talking about having a pickleball team because we played a pickleball a bunch in the summer after our workouts and stuff, which got pretty competitive. So and That's blowing up everywhere with people with pro yeah. pickleballers and in, like yeah in all ages too yeah yeah it's yeah. It, i don't know what it is but all of a sudden this summer we just started playing pickleball and it kind of just took off and we'd we'd have like tournaments on saturdays or friday nights and just get some music going and get a bunch of people out it's like spike ball it's like the one sport where one person tries it and all, uh, now all of a sudden you have like four or five people that are experts exactly, at it. exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> who's the best pickleball player then Oh, I'd probably say Sam Dixon, who runs cross-country and track and plays baseball. What is it that he does that makes him so good? He's got some spin on it. I don't know how he does it, but he just puts some wicked spin on the ball when he hits it back to you. And you, you think it's going to go – It's gonna. It's, it looks like it's coming in fast, and then it just dies. It's crazy. Well, here we go. We, last week we were talking about Nerf Wars between football players. Now we're talking about pickleball between football players. We should start just an, another segment on what people do in their free time yeah, when they're not playing football. Yeah. All right. Well, Luke, we really appreciate you coming on our show today. Um, we wish you guys the best of luck against Glen Lake, and hopefully we'll see you there as well. All right. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Once again, sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Order a tasty sandwich today with the Jimmy John's app. We will also, with that, get somebody fed. And that is going to be Jake Murphy from Sutton's Bay, who interacted with the podcast on Facebook. We'll be getting a hold of you, Jake, to get you your two coupons for Jimmy John's sandwiches. So now I've got the chatter that matters. We've got the uh, the football playoff format. We were talking, kind of keeping a bit of a football theme. But we were talking before the show about the format and how not, not everything is even set yet. Not for the end. The beginning's kind of set. We kind of know who, who yeah. got an idea who's going to be playing who and where and all that by the seating, like we mentioned, because it's kind of so striated. They're not doing a selection Sunday show this year. No, yeah, they're not, they're not doing that because... you don't have to select anybody. <laughs> yeah, everybody's in, so... Eight yeah, man, why well, not? eight man's a little different. They're cutting off the bottom few and eight Four, man. Fourteen, I think. But I think they're even teams allowed to play in. each other if they want, so they can play another game. Yeah, there's there's 14 teams that won't get in, and then there, I believe there's six teams that are too big to get into the playoffs. So those 20 teams can then play another game against each other. Just for get their own state championship up here, pointing at my head. So um, you can end the game with a pseudo-playoff win. Yeah, like all those teams in, that, in basketball last year that never lost. Yeah, this is kind of weird. You know, Ford Field and Superior Dome have always kind of been the end game. Well, Superior Dome the past couple of years, but Ford Field and Silver Dome for forever have always been like the goal for football teams to get to and to play for. You know, it's just a place. We reference cross-country finals. I always thought of MIS every year. Like, I wanted to do my best at MIS because I knew that big building was going to be where I'd finish every season. So it's kind of funny to not know where those championships are going to be or how they're even – there's talk of – 
higher seeds even hosting through the state finals, which would be really weird mm-hmm. if, you know, I'm trying to think of what's it, one of our top seeds It'd be a nice reward right for those top teams, but but at the same time, it could be a lot of travel for us. Well, one thing I know they well, were... If they host. Yeah. Well, I mean, if they don't. Oh, if, if, we get a, if we get a team that makes the finals, then they got to go down to... But you'd have to travel anyway. We would anyway, but yeah. I mean, yeah. But there's no telling also, where you're going to have to go. Also, it's weird. My crazy week in November here, weekend, is always the weekend before Thanksgiving with the volleyball finals, the eight-man finals, and the 11-man mm-hmm. semis. That's basically going to shift to Thanksgiving weekend now, whereas unless I get a team in the finals, it's usually a pretty relaxing week. Now that one's going to be the eight-man finals, 11-man semis, and that's... Yeah, I'm picturing three or four teams at least playing football games that Friday or Saturday, and we don't know where they're going to be or how they're going to be played. But Well, I know yeah. Mark Ewell was talking about this on the radio a couple of weeks ago. Uh, maybe it was – he said that they're looking at a couple of different factors this year when they're looking at their state final sites, particularly because they know if they do it at Ford Field, it's going to be limited fans or more fans, depending on where we are with the restrictions-wise. The positive side to doing it at a high school is you know what the fan setup is going to look like. Each school has their own policy, and we've seen it work particularly well i guess you could say with no really no really bumps yeah no i mean yeah. that, that would be perfectly fine as long as both schools were okay with it yeah, yeah that's the thing is you haven't seen any neutral site games so i don't know how say a school with a turf, turf stadium like like if coveted. like if traverse city central you know if the mhsa comes to traverse city central and says hey can you host the division four state final between this downstate team and this UP other team, up yeah. team or whatever and they're I don't know. Is is TC Central going to be like, yeah? Well, how are willing to bring schools? Well, teams that they don't know yeah, into he, their he, facility. He said specifically they were only really able to pay for Ford Field because they could fit up to sixty thousand fans in there. Right. Well, Ford Field makes sense on a normal year. Yeah. It doesn't really make sense this year. Well, not yeah. quite. His counter argument to that was, well, they can broadcast from Ford Field. I'm not talking about the broadcasting. I'm talking about well, how are you going to do four games there in one day. But you have to consider broadcasting when there's going to be a sizable chunk of the they're city. Bro- but they're broadcasted anyways. I know. But if you play the game at a high school, are you going to fit a news truck there to broadcast the team? Uh, parking lots, I, I, I think that's the very least of their worries as far as safety is concerned. I'm telling you, it's something he talked about on the radio. So I'm it's sure a conversation I'm bringing to the podcast. I'm sure it's yeah. something they're thinking about, but I don't think they're going to make their decision about Ford Field based on can we broadcast all these football games. Well, I think the big thing with Ford Field is how safe is it to bring in all these teams in all these different communities when you can't really deep clean the stadium between games and yet you're going to bring people in there. And they can't afford it. Yeah. And, and, yeah, you're, and your the, attendance is going to be maximized. The we, games will be on TV regardless, wherever they're held. Is it going to be easier to logistically do them at Ford Field? For well, yes, because it's all yes. – Fox Sports Detroit is pre-wired to do a broadcast at, at Ford Field because that's what his argument was on the show. Yeah, but it's not mm-hmm. that hard. I mean, they do games of the week – through Fox Sports all over the Detroit area, so they can go on the road. That's not going to be a big issue for them. Can they do uh, eight eight of them? That'll be a little tough. Yeah. Um, but then that's up to them how they want to handle it. I think that's going to affect, I feel like, the public safety and, and the element of keeping this, the virus under control through these state finals and all the attendance that would be going on is more of a priority, but... I don't know. I don't work at the MHSA, so I could be wrong. So I guess from a TV... financially feasible. Yeah. For someone that works in TV, do you have eight different live kits to travel around on one day? Does Fox Sports Detroit, a person who used to intern there? Yes, they could do that. Or what they could do is go remote. It it would be a little smaller scale than they're used to doing. 
they have the resources to do remote broadcasting and go from a truck that's in Detroit, like satellite coverage. Like if I do a live shot in Detroit at the state finals, that would be a similar thing to what they do. It wouldn't be the, the fancy bells and whistles that they usually do, but the game would be on TV. They are capable of that for sure. Mm-hmm. And they could still do the the things in advance that they normally do, the the kind of the, the pregame interviews with, or they break the games down and do all that stuff. They could even do it remotely where the, the guys who are calling the games aren't there and are just right. watching a live stream mm-hmm. essentially and, and, and calling the games. games. Yeah, I mean, that's how we've seen so many games done this year. So. But yeah, Andrew, you are right in saying Ford Field makes the most sense for that reason. I just find it hard to believe that's going to be their top factor in making that decision. It'll stretch you guys thinner in, in that if you have multiple teams in the finals, they're not oh, yeah. the same. Yeah, it's going to stretch our staff pretty thin. I mean, I am a basically a one-man sports department. I get a little help from the playoffs, but yeah, those those weekends are going to be going to be tough to pick and choose what in factor in what's more important and what's what's less important because they're all important. It'd be nice to be put in the position where we have to ch- pick and choose, I guess, teams to cover in the finals, but I, I kind of so also don't want to. I'm not so much worried about the finals. Usually, I only get one team, if any, in the finals. But yeah, but I'm I saying don't... if we got like maybe Traverse City Central and Kingsley playing in the finals or something, and then you have the eight player. I think I think it's the weekend before well. for me. The yeah. semifinals with the eight man finals. The semifinals. That's the eight, where it yeah. turns into a logjam of teams. If we could have a couple teams playing in the eight player levels. finals, and then yeah, a, we could have well, a boatload la- of teams playing in the semis. Last year, I mean, Golden Saturday, when you know, I put kind of a swear word in front of it to describe it as a Saturday for me, but you had Leland Volleyball in the finals, you had Sutton's Bay in the eight-man finals, you had Glen Lake and Kingsley in the 11-man semis. That's just your readership area. In mm-hmm. fact, I had Pickford in my viewing area in the state finals for football, and I think I had another 11-man semifinal. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like, I can't, I'm not Santa Claus, I can't be in all those locations at once, even if I want to be. Yeah, and we hadn't even hired Andrew at that point, so it was just me and Jake. So Jake went down to to Battle Creek for the mm-hmm. for the volleyball finals. I went up to Marquette for the eight player finals mm-hmm. because we're like, well, those are and state you had championships. Cover the two others. Yeah, we had yeah. freelancers cover Glen Lake and Kingsley because we just you know we had and to. And I we, did the Leland game and went back to Kingsley, and I had my Petoskey bureau guy cover the Glen Lake game, and thankfully the UP station. Yeah, logistically, it's just going to be so much fun. So mm-hmm. the sooner we know how they're going to format those playoffs, nice. That would be just kind of plan ahead. Get, really, get, really get some resources in a busy November election month. I would imagine by the start of the playoffs, though, they would have to know what the plan is for ending them, and the public would have to know too. Which would be next I week. Think they gotta. They gotta. Coaches gotta be able to plan. Yeah. You know, teams that think they're gonna MHSA, get that far. Gotta, MHSA's gotta be able to plan. Gotta plan for travel and. <laughs> and once yeah. you have that stuff verbally committed to you, might as well just hey, these neutral sites are gonna be your finals, or you know, we've decided it's not worth the risk, and we're gonna have hosts. Most teams throughout, highest seeds throughout. Financially, it's just not doable at Ford Field anyway, so it's just not going to happen. No, that's not. I'm just thinking of cleaning it. You do four games every day. What are you going to do, two games over four days? <laughs> yeah, and then who pays? The, the Lions are not going to volunteer to take a loss and have those employees doing that. They're going to be like, no, the MHSA, you're going to have to pay for that. Yeah. And the MHSA is going to be like, no, we're yeah, taking a bath on this already. <laughs> With that, we got the Hall of Fame. Gents? Germs? careful no germs germs, this, germs, no germs of various in this hall of fame gems like gems in we this do have three gems ladies and gems we do have three gems harrison i got a chance uh elliot boyk of grayling i caught their district opener with boyne city two good programs in the lake michigan conference in a really good district and even in the the pouring rain and slippery cold conditions elliot boyk a hat trick in the first half 
alone uh, as part of a 4-2 to win at Boeing City. So an impressive win for Grayland. They lost and tied them in the regular season. They beat them at their field in the playoffs. So uh, that's pretty cool. You, you fire your team up in those bad conditions. You, you start doing well in bad conditions. You don't think about the bad conditions. Mm-hmm. So that, as far as momentum shifter, I think uh, at least earns Elliot Boyk a nomination uh, and a chance at Athlete of the Week. There you go. Andrew? I'm going to go with Grace Maitland from uh, TC Central. Uh, wasn't didn't really finish that high in the standings at state. I think she was like 70th overall with a uh, carding a 95. But she did start the round even through three holes and plus one through five. Then she told me her dad showed up, kind of messed things up. That yeah, yeah. I, dad putting the parents. pressure on. It was a start, and she was like right up in con- contention with Ansi for possibly a state title. So gonna go with her. Yeah, given that Ansi is already in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'm gonna put up. Owen Graves from Kingsley, um, he had 123 yards rushing and two touchdowns in Kingsley's win over Sault Ste. Marie this week. Um, he's had just a monster season this year, filling in for Aiden Mullen at, at running back with Kingsley. I mean, he had a 277-yard game earlier this season against St. Francis. But you go by the week. You don't go by the we season. We do go by the week. But I'm saying that might have been oversight on our part to not give it to him on the week he had 277 yards against St. Francis. So I'm going to vote for Owen Graves. I guess you are. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Boyk. <laughs> I'll take Graves. Okay. There Football we go. Wins again. There we have it. Owen Graves, you're in the club. OG. We gotta get the ooch 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 back. No, Jake's the only one that does that. <laughs> he can stay that way. Uh, we gotta do a trifecta really quick. I wanna keep this quick. What is your plan B team for the NFL and why? I mean, I, I recently opened up my fandom to free agency as the Detroit Lions have not really reciprocated much in this relationship. So but they won yesterday. They did, but I kind of wrote this out before they won this game. So okay, and that's that, that this, didn't I, change. this idea. So I'm not dumping the Lions. Like, like they're still my team. I'm not going well, yeah, to give up. I'm not going to change. I'm not going to change. I don't like them. But I'm kind of, <laughs> but I'm sort of in an open relationship at this point with wow. the, in the NFL. You're willing to do some speed dating. So, so who's your plan B team? You know. I, I've said the Bears are not as good as their record indicates, and Nick Foles pretty made, it, made it pretty clear in the press conference. He's like, yeah, we won, but we're still talking in that locker room that we got a lot to work on. We're not really happy with where we are as a team right now. That's a typical quarterback speak. But my plan B team is always Kansas City. Nice. I, I Sometimes I think the Bears are my plan team, plan B team. I'm kind of equal fans of both of them. So do I, do I have to pick a plan C? Maybe if those are the two teams that you always root for. Yeah. Like, mine is, like, I'm I'm going to kind of from year to year have a team that I kind of adopt as my team for that year. Yeah. Like my, my plan B team. I'm liking the way the 49ers are playing. Um, What are they, like, one and four? <laughs> <laughs> 49ers, two and three. I think two and three. Two and three yeah. I just think George Kittle's fun to watch. Best tight end in the league by far. Um, you can say Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey if you might want to talk about that. But, he, you know. he might best scoring tight end in the league. I, I don't know. They're they're kind of they, they have fewer options, so he's the guy. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas Kelsey's not the focal point of Kansas City anymore. Yeah, he, as good it, as he is. It was kind of cool to watch C.J. Beathard and George Kittle because they were both Iowa at the same time. There you go. Here's well, who you go with James. You picked a. Uh... Good year, a timely year to ask me this question because normally I would say I don't care. I don't want anything to do with the NFL. On Sundays I'm golfing or just doing something else productive with my life. My, my favorite way of enjoying an NFL Sunday is just to watch the recap show and see everything I missed for an hour, and then that's my day. I'm caught up with everything. 
I saw everything important, and then boom, I got it done in an hour. I didn't have a whole day in front of a TV, which isn't a bad way to spend a day. I just felt like with the NFL, it just wasn't for me anymore. Having said that, elephant in the room, you guys know about it. Maybe most of our listeners don't, but uh, my father was a huge Green Bay Packers fan. I went with him to Lambeau for the first time last year for a preseason game. He always wanted me to, so that was a fun trip for us, and I could kind of see like what made that so special for him. Those of you who don't know, uh, my dad sadly passed away last month right after the first Packer win of the season. And so I was kind of like, all right, well, you know what? This is what it's going to be. I was cheering once he got diagnosed with cancer last December. I was a Packer fan in the playoffs there. And they lost to San Francisco in the NFC title game. And this year, it's even with the loss to Tampa Bay yesterday. I'm still I'm still riding the pack pretty high. Aaron Rodgers is the biggest D-bag in the face of the earth, no doubt about it. But I'm not going to judge my – it's kind of like Kanye West. I'll listen to Kanye West music. doesn't mean I have to like Kanye West. So, in that aspect, I'm not supporting Aaron Rodgers, but I will gladly be a Green Bay Packers fan this year and, and probably much stronger going forward uh, because I know that's my dad's team. And, unfortunately, he, he won't get to see them anymore on earth. But I have a weird way of thinking he's, he's got kind of some string pulling to do with uh, Green Bay's success here and going forward. So, mm-hmm. Pack all the way. And one of my thing, and this was just my own thing, was I was going to say I, I, I can't pick somebody else in the division. Like, I just couldn't get myself to do that. So even though my wife's a Packers fan, I couldn't pick the Packers. Although I did put $20 down on them to win last night. And, what uh, was their spread? And they, uh, two and a half. They were favored by two and a half going into that game. So even when they're not beating the Lions, the Packers are still screwing me over. <laughs> my team is the, the Buffalo Bills this year. I really like I like the bu- I like yeah, the but then Bills. they lost to Tennessee. Like I'm watching that game. Tennessee hasn't practiced as a team together in weeks, and they just beat the Bills. Like, shh, we're not supposed to talk about how they practice as a team. No, they didn't. That's my point. <laughs> like, like, yeah, they sort of did. They sort of did. Okay, well, either way, it, it was not the, like the same as an organized practice. It was yeah. anything but fundamental and organized. that we know about. <laughs> Regardless, I'm just watching this game. I'm like, I thought the Bills were supposed to be good. They're getting a schlack by a team that didn't know what they were going to do the next day. <laughs> Which maybe that's the way to play. Play for tomorrow. Play for the moment. Yeah. Maybe that's how they win that game. But I'm, yeah. I'm not convinced the Bills are going to be that. The Bills. I'm not convinced that they're going to be great. They're actually I mean, going to win their division this year, which is probably a nice little caveat for them. But is that going to yeah. be? Is that going to be like a run to their fifth Super Bowl loss? I don't know. Yeah, and I also kind of root for the Patriots usually all the time, just because. Why. I, I like Bill Belichick and the just the brutal way he runs an NFL team. <laughs> like brutal isn't bad or physical. No, just the just the way he you know it's just like oh you you're not playing up to your contract well then you're gone. You know he's there's just, no nonsense. There's just yeah, yeah. there's there's no nonsense. It's, just, it's the closest yeah. thing to Vince Lombardi we're gonna get. Yeah, it's just brutal honesty. Yeah, honesty. Aside happened. from when he's uh, in his press conferences when yeah. yeah. Which are the Tom most? John, we're moving on. They're the, on camp. His press conferences are the worst thing to watch. Tom and his, and his acting in uh, commercials is uh, also not. Have good. you watched a Jim Harbaugh press conference? Those aren't the worst thing to watch, but they're really awkward. Yeah, I don't know. Hey Jim, what's your plans for your season opener with Minnesota? Yeah, uh, <laughs> we got a game against Gophers, and uh, it's on Saturday, and uh, we're gonna be ready. There aren't a whole lot of coaches Thanks. who are great, though, in press conferences. No, but, like, Mark D'Antonio, a robot, but I was there at question. He was a robot. Or just completely. I mean, Mike, I mean, Mike Leach is entertaining. And well, yeah, there's entertaining. Greg Popovich's. You know, there's coaches that are entertaining. Rex Ryan was not, good. You know. Sort of. 
good in a bad way a lot of times. I was there in the room when Les Miles got asked, how do you fix a bottom dwindling football program? And then his response famously was, well, the, 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 the things that we do in the community and the, yeah, that answers your question. No. <laughs> Les Miles. Michigan, Michigan State kickoff at noon, they announced. Is that uh, good or bad? Well, I guess Andrew probably doesn't really have an opinion. But... He probably doesn't care. Doesn't no. Kansas. When when is your desired time for Michigan Michigan State's kickoff? Actually, no, I do have an opinion on that one. Jeff Long was uh he played at Michigan, so did Miles. Long coached Miles at Michigan, so I I will be rooting for the Maize and Blue. No, but like, what time would you want the game to be at? Oh. Miles, it's at noon. Do you I like don't care. It? I mean, yeah, you don't really have a deep tie to either team. There's but... a bunch of games at noon. That's fun to watch when no, there's but like... like Michigan Michigan State is the college football game of the year in this. In this state, yeah, like it's the, it's my favorite football game of the year, no questions asked. Even though state's probably going to get railed this year, uh, well, I guess it depends on how Mel Telford's got his program in line early. But I'm not I'm not expecting a win by any means. Mm-hmm. But would you prefer a noon game, a three thirty game, or a primetime game? A primetime would be really good. Noon noon fits in well in that you could watch that game and then go straight to the St. Francis Lumen Christie game at three o'clock. Which about 05 percent of people are going to plan to do that, right? <laughs> And that's just in Traverse City. That's but, in the um, entire state. But I always I'm look thinking, at things from my point of I'm view. I'm thinking 330 is the best just because you have a little time to tailgate. Well, safely tailgate. Be with people you trust and mm-hmm. make sure everybody gets COVID tested before. Go to a COVID-free party. Uh, or just Zoom. Zoom and tailgate. However you want to do it. But, yeah, in a normal year, I'd like a 3.30 game. Give you a couple hours to kind of get some beverages and uh, have some optimism. And then get crushed. And then by that point, if the game's getting ugly at 5, 6 o'clock, you nap. I guess the best question is, what's the best time to start the couch on fire? 6 o'clock. Yeah, yeah. right before right it's get dark. Right, right before it gets dark. dark, yeah. Right, yeah. Okay. Guide you home. <laughs> Come home, Spartan fans. <laughs> we'll wait till basketball. The couch on fire? Yeah, oh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a thing. Is it actually? It's a, it's a, it's a, Michigan, it's a, State it's a Michigan State thing. thing. I never saw it when I was down there. I saw similar things. They're known to riot for losses in the Final Four and stuff like that. Welcome to Michigan. <laughs> yeah, where no couch is, is safe. Keep your couches clean and tasteful. Come kick off. And follow us on social media. We're easy <laughs> to find. I like the couch. Yeah, which is just burn up. We will see you at a local gym or a football field or whatever in the near future. We are out of here.